The Goddess Diaries Radio, Episode 26. Welcome to The Goddess Diaries with your host, Dom Champagne. Come explore what it means to be a modern woman who dares to remember her sacred self. Hello there. This is Dawn, and you are listening to the Goddess Diaries Radio. This is your place for remembering your sacred self, for daring to remember your sacred self. <laughs> like I said, I'm your host, Dawn Champagne, and I invite you to download your three free goddess gifts back at my blog when you sign up for my newsletter. You can think of this as your your special toolkit for unleashing your inner goddess and daring to remember your sacred self. And you can find that back at www.thegoddessdiaries.org. I've also included the link in the description page here. So how are you doing today? <laughs> I want to apologize to everyone. Ah, I don't know how it happened, but for those of you who follow my moon weather forecast in my newsletter. I apologize. Somehow it was omitted from last week's publication. And boy, did I hear about it. <laughs> I am so sorry. I am so sorry that happened. I don't know what happened. But just so that you know, I will make sure, double sure, double double sure, that it is included with Monday's newsletter so that you can, you know, at the uh, week ahead forecast. <laughs> but in the meantime, today's moon weather forecast, it is a waning moon in Libra. Today, of course, being Saturday, February 7th, 2015. And it looks like it's going to be in Libra um, through, well, it switches out Tuesday, the 10th, which is my birthday. Yay! <laughs> but this energy is perfect for releasing fears, perfect for letting go of limiting beliefs, cleaning up old ideas that no longer make any sense. I think of these energies most like waves that have crested on the shore of the coastline of the beach, you know, that are actually pulling back into the big old ocean, little pebbles and seashells and, you know, all that stuff that will be churned down by the waters and transmuted into something else. So the energies are ripe for letting go of anything that makes you shrink from yourself. And you can just let those energies, you know, let go of it and let the energies of this moon carry them back, back out to the center of the cosmic sea to be transmitted and purified. And right now the energies are perfectly ripe for getting naked. <laughs> Yay! Yes! <laughs> okay, so the topic of today's show... Um, the title is called The Truth About Naked Goddess Worship. And I just want to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, I've been taking some continuing ed credits based on Brene Brown's work around vulnerability and courage and the need for wholehearted living, which is so important for us, so, so important for anyone. But as I was taking the course, I'm in totally thoroughly enjoying the work, all the different modules. I was really impressed by the fact that Dr. Brown 
is an usher of the feminine divine. <laughs> I mean, it is so wonderful that her work is really a message of the goddess. And I, I just can't get over the fact how wonderful it is that we as a society seem to be finally in a space where we are able to receive this message. It's so awesome. Anyway, I couldn't help but to take a look at, you know, what I was reading and what I was hearing and what Brene is talking about here in her work with shame and vulnerability and courage and wholehearted living is really all about women's mysteries. And in our patriarchal society, vulnerability has been mistaken time and again for weakness. And yeah, that is a definition of the word vulnerability. But in this patriarchal society, weakness is something that the masculine does not like. So that masculine energy within us does not like vulnerability. We, When we activate that masculine energy within our own psyche or within our own culture, the patriarchal society in which we live, vulnerability is seen as a weakness. However, weakness, in my opinion, is a very narrow definition of what vulnerability really, really means. I think that there's a lot of power in vulnerability. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I also think that um, I see it as, I guess vulnerability is more of a woman's natural source of empowerment for a lot of reasons. Um, but let me just say this, and, and maybe those of you who are energy workers or who are attuned to your sacred power might understand what I'm saying when I say that I experience vulnerability in the seat of my sacral chakra, <laughs> in that womb space. To me, this is the birthplace of creativity, and that's what Brene Brown talks about, is that vulnerability is the birthplace of creativity. But um, the sacral chakra, the energetic space, you know, right here lies the power to create, to nurture, to birth, um, you know, whether that's children or projects or whatever it is that we are creating and bringing out into the world. But this space is also the seat of destruction, of terror, of death. And it's from this space, this womb space, this woman space that women and men create. And women specifically, we create, we hold, and we release from this space. We create, we birth, and we shed. And women naturally experience the physical manifestation of vulnerability each and every month by virtue of their menstrual cycles. Now, I think that men also can attune to this energy. They don't, of course, have menstrual cycles, but they can, of course, attune to this energy. And when they do, it is coming from that sacral chakra. You don't have to have a womb in order to experience it. However, as women, we tend to hold a lot of tension in this area. And I think men do too, but as a society overall, disordered Sacral chakra issues are very common, hence this whole discussion around vulnerability and, and all the work that 
is being done in this area. And I think that it is so exciting to finally be in a space and time where we are able to open to it and receive the message. And I think that it speaks to society as a whole as well regarding the receptiveness of this message that both men and women are willing to look at these areas of our lives and really dig in deep and and start doing some healing work around it. And when I say healing, um, what I'm thinking of is that, you know, we have a natural tendency to fill in blanks. Um, like when we're looking at patterns, the brain wants to fill in the blank. Um, but but overall, energetically as well, we have a tendency to do that and we have a tendency to want to make things whole again. And I feel like that's where we are right now. So this is really important work and it is really truly my pleasure to be talking about this in this podcast because it is so important and it is wrapped in, you know, it has us wrapped in many, many, many layers of social conditioning And I think that it's time that we start taking a look at this and uncovering those layers. So, yay. (laughs) When I planned this episode, I didn't think, um, you know, how all of this would play out together. And it's just been interesting how life just follows that natural course, you know, natural chain of events. And here I am um, able to share my experiences my insights and observations from that um, course that I've been taking. And back in episode 24, How to Find Your Goddess, I read a version of Charge of the Goddess, which was Starhawk's adapted version based on Doreen Valiente's original version. (laughs) But I received feedback about how this poem was a little bit confusing to some and you wanted more information about it. So I thought that I would bring it up in relation to this topic here on today's podcast. So for those of you who don't know, the charge of the goddess is an important piece of liturgy in the goddess spirituality movement. I like to think of it as a poem, beautiful piece of poetry. Um, But every time I read it, I take a little bit more away from it, which makes it... um, I guess, kind of a religious thing. Well, it is a religious thing. It is. It is. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want to go into that so much as I want to talk about vulnerability. And you can Google Doreen Valiente, uh, The Charge of the Goddess, and you can read it for yourself. Um, Or you can go back and listen to episode 24, How to Find Your Goddess. I read it. Uh, Starhawk's version on on the air then, but this uh, piece of liturgy was actually inspired, I believe, by Charles Leland's Aradia, the Gospel of the Witches, which is a um, it's a free publication you can access online. It is uh, belongs to the common um, uh, what is it royalty free? I can't think. Anyway, it's over a hundred years old, so. It was inspired by Aradia, the Gospel of the Witches. And I'm not going to read the whole thing here for time purposes, but there is one important part that I'd like to talk about that I think has actually raised some eyebrows over time. And the excerpt of that is, let's see. Okay, so the excerpt is of The Charge of the Goddess during Valiente's Charge of the Goddess. Here it is. She says, in it, whenever you have need of anything, once a month, 
And better it be when the moon is full, you shall assemble in some place and adore the spirit of me, who is queen of all the wise. You shall be free from slavery, and as a sign that you be free, you shall be naked in your rights. Hmm, that you be naked in your rights. (laughs) Let's go there. Let's talk about this. I remember when I first started going to women's circles, <laughs> my fiance would ask, what do you do there anyway? Are you going to get naked and dance around under the moonlight? <laughs> my reply, of course, at first was like, oh, no, of course not. <laughs> but then later, you know, when he would joke around or ask that, he, you know, my response would soften and into a little wink and a, and a, teasing smile, well, maybe, maybe we're going to get naked and dance around under the moonlight. (laughs) But now, now that I lead my own circles here in the Boise area, and he hears me talk about it all the time, he doesn't even ask anymore. He knows that we're going to get naked. (laughs) And you can't see me right now, but I just put air quotes around the word naked. But... But anyway, he had lots of questions about it, as do, I think, a lot of people. You know, what does it mean when they hear this? You know, the imagination just goes on. And for those of you who are um, earth-based spiritualists, like a traditional, uh, for instance, um, Gardnerian Wicca, that might mean, yes, you do get naked when you come together for your moon circle and perform your magical rites. Um, And that's also known as sky-clad, being clothed by nothing but the sky. Uh, But does this mean that women get together and dance naked in the woods under the moonlight? You know, to work sky-clad, it's a serious thing for a lot of pagan traditions. But I don't think that you necessarily have to go sky-clad. Sky-clad, yeah, it just, you know, whatever. In my opinion, I think that this particular line of the charge of the goddess has turned off many women who would otherwise benefit from, they would get a lot out of practicing the goddess lifestyle. But for whatever reason, the thought of getting naked is scary. It it activates a fearful response, you know. We have so many weird ideas around being naked, not just nakedness either, but about vulnerability. Because I think that this direction in the charge of the goddess is not necessarily about worshiping her, worshiping the goddess. I mean, it is, but it's also not about getting naked, but but it is. <laughs> it is about that. It's about both of these things, but it's about so much more. And it's really about getting vulnerable and being your 100% authentic self. It's really a charge it is really a a, a direction or a directive rather to understand yourself to become self-aware and become comfortable with how the feminine archetypal energies play out when they are activated within your psyche it's really not about taking off your clothes but about removing the layers of societal conditioning of those shackles that bind you, whether those shackles are perfectionism, comparison, 
worthiness, lack, you know, all of those things that um, you, if you are familiar with Brene Brown's work, you will know that she has, um, she's published 10 guideposts for wholehearted living. And those 10 guideposts are, number one, cultivating authenticity. That's letting go of what people think. Number two is cultivating self-compassion. It's letting go of perfectionism. She talks about letting go of numbing and powerlessness, of letting go of scarcity and fear of the dark, which I think is very important. (laughs) Um, It goes on, you know, the, the guideposts are all about letting go, all about letting go of comparison, of exhaustion as a status symbol, of anxiety as a lifestyle, letting go of self-doubt, stop shooting yourself, letting go of the need to always be in control. You know, all of these things are shackles. And in the charge of the goddess, you know, she says, you shall be free from slavery. And as a sign that you be free, you shall be naked in your rights. Well, when we take off these layers of societal conditioning, what we have is the perfect condition for what Brene Brown is calling wholehearted living. And so the way I see it, it's like this. We tend to worry too much about what other people think about us. We tend to shrink back from contributing our voice or our creative um, contributions for fear that they're not good enough. And we might even push away gifts or money or compensation because for whatever reason, we don't feel that we are actually worthy of receiving these things. And if any of these things are true for you in your own experience, I would highly encourage you to venture into your second chakra and work on understanding this energy. I think that from what I've seen in my own experience, my own journey, and from what I've seen in working with others and coaching others is that we are in dire need of healing the second chakra and that we can tap into vulnerability as a source of power and healing and holding, and we overthink it. We just overthink it. So right now we're in the waning moon energies, and so it's a perfect time for letting go of all of those things, of what others think, of of all the shoulds that we impose upon ourselves. It's a great time for unbinding those shackles and freeing ourselves and getting naked (laughs) and begin that healing process. I think that by tapping into that second chakra and, and working with that energy, it can really help to facilitate that healing. I think it's a great paradox of our times, actually. You know, it's like we know that, We know that vulnerability will heal us, but it's the vulnerability that needs to be healed. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's an interesting paradox to consider. But in terms of being a naked goddess worshiper, I would like to say that getting naked in your rights is not so much about worship as it is about how 
you conduct your life. What do you worship? Is it your goddess or your god? Is it your work? Is it your family? Your money? Social media? (laughs) Nature? You know, whatever it is. I hear this phrase from the charge of the goddess. And I think it's about so much more than just worshiping the goddess. It's or standing at an altar and worshiping a deity, you know. It is, it truly is about how you conduct your life, how you interact with yourself and and others and how you do your job, how you manage your money. It's you know, it's about interpersonal relationships and understanding who you are and knowing what it is that you have to offer to the rest of the world from that seat of your most vulnerable self, that space of creativity, that whatever it is that you have to offer is perfect in its nakedness. And I truly, truly believe that this is the most beautiful metaphor for how anyone can live their life. And it does require us to bring this feminine principle into the world, whether it is in worship, in life, in business, you know, whatever area of life you are dealing with. But it is so, so important. It's so important. So tapping into that second chakra and just becoming very familiar with that energy and not being afraid to explore your vulnerability It's going to do a lot for us in terms of holding and healing and getting, you know, those goddess stories out to the world. So to wrap up this podcast, I guess I would like to put forth the challenge to any and all who listen to become a naked goddess worshiper. (laughs) Let's get vulnerable people. Let's get naked Let's be transparent. Be transparent with yourself, with others. I think it's I think it's time. And I saw this really great Pinterest image today that said it is not about your imperfections, but how you handle them that matters. So let your imperfections make you shine. Just be who you are. Be who you are. It's not about taking off your clothes, although if that's what you want to do and worship under the moonlight, more power to you. Go for it. (laughs) There's something kind of liberating about that. But it's not even about worshiping the goddess. It is about being vulnerable, being authentic. Being a naked goddess worshiper is about stepping into your authenticity. And it's only by doing this that we really honor the divine feminine forces found within us and without. And this is how we shift. It begins within and the rest of the world will follow. And I guess that's all I have for you today. (laughs) So that wraps up another episode of the Goddess Diaries Radio. And don't forget to claim your free gifts when you sign up for the newsletter back at the blog, www.thegoddessdiaries.org. And while you are there, be sure to rate this show. You can let others know about it by leaving a rating back at the iTunes show page. 
Your ratings will help others find this podcast, and it also fills the world with more goddessy goodness, which we need. So I challenge you, be a naked goddess worshiper, and live your best life. And until next time, I love you to the moon and back. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much.